This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello people and welcome to the Dreamers Disease podcast. My name's Alex Manzi and on each episode we'll hear the story of someone inspirational who's out in the world and following their dreams and chasing their passions because it's the disease of dreaming and not doing that causes us to live unhappy lives. So we hope to draw some inspiration and some wisdom from each guest. On this episode I'm joined by Hussein Manawa who is a poet by trade and we spoke a lot about his journey and what he's gone through in recent times and the effect that his mother's passing has had on him recently, how he wants to educate people about mental health, how he broke a Guinness World Record on the biggest mental health class ever given and any advice he gives to people who are struggling within their own lives. He also goes into depth about his music that he's going to start releasing and loads more so it's a really really interesting episode. Lots of gems in this one but before we jump in I'd like to thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a review so I know what you're thinking about it because it's a real good way for me to get a sense of what you guys think. And also be sure to follow the Instagram page at the underscore dreamers disease. So without any further ado, let's jump straight in and hear Hussein's story. So to kickstart us off, can you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm a poet. I write poetry... um for the betterment of my own life, to be honest, and uh, the betterment of emotional and social learning for other people. I write heavily about things like mental health, the refugee crisis, and um, I've touched upon other issues like police brutality and stuff. At the moment, I'm talking heavily about bereavement. And yeah, besides poetry, I go spin class every Monday. <laughs> well, not today, because I'm here. Um, I'm a very family-orientated person. I'm mm. at home a lot. And yeah, that's about it. That's it. You forgot out one important detail. And I think, I think you may be the first guest on the podcast. Gone. To have a Nando's black card. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, Alex. Allegedly. Wow. Oh, I mean, if I, I don't know. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, Moving on. Um, You're so, yeah. so funny. <laughs> so can you, can you tell me a bit about your background, like where you grew up, yeah, um, yeah. your influences when you were younger? Yeah, so I grew up, I was born in East Ham, um, Newham General Hospital. Then I moved to Ilford when my family was, well, when I was young, about 15 years ago, I grew up in Ilford, hence the alter ego of Ilford's finest. <laughs> um, I listened to a lot of Dizzy Rascal, Tupac, I read a lot of J.K. Rowling and Michael Rosen as well, mm. Caroline Duffy, um, Benjamin Zephaniah, Akala, Loki. So my influences came came from far and wide, mm. and um, and now even today I still get influenced by people like Conor McGregor, uh, loads of people from like the world of sport, Anthony Joshua. Mm. I just love the way these people are carrying themselves. So yeah, growing up, I had a decent childhood. Average, pre- yeah. pretty much. Uh, was in Valentine's Park a lot. It's the park, chilling in the huts. Yeah. Melbourne Field and the trees. And um, I've, the same people I grew up with, are still the same people I'm friends with now in my life. And um, Is that important to you, to have those people close yeah, to you Yeah, yeah, 100%. Why? I was saying this yesterday, yeah, because the people that were riding with me when I was on MySpace, yeah. Pixel, Freewebs, oh, wow. 
all of them, when I was Bluetoothing my songs to people like via 6230, yeah. are still the same people that are with me now. Yeah, wow. That's so good. yeah, it is, I'm very, very lucky, man. And yeah. there's not just like one or two of them. There's a good 15, 20 of us. Yeah. And we're still so close-knitted and we're all up in each other's business and at each other's houses and like yeah. people having children. It's, it's, it's sick. Yeah. Can't complain, man. I'm, and it's very diverse as well. Like my friendship circle is very diverse. A lot of mixed cultures and backgrounds in there. Yeah. So does everyone do like different things? Yeah, and I'm the only one who does this though. Yeah, like like cre- I'm the creative stuff. Yeah, like creative <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. Not to say they're not creative. Yeah. Like one's an architect, uh, one's a mechanical engineer. Nice. Yeah. One works in Argos. Like one's a cab driver. One does Uber. Like everyone does something different. Mm. One's an optom. Mm. He's a doctor. He's got his own office. Wow. And um, it's it is beautiful. Like. Some people are unemployed, but like no one ever feels that pressure from anybody else. We all take care of each other. Mm. One thing I think that's quite nice about my friendship group as well is like, if you're, if you're in a restaurant and a waiter or a waitress comes over with the bill, people fight to pay for it. Oh, really? Yeah, that's we cool. love to serve each other. Yeah. Like, people love to be able to be, the, be, like, be able to provide for each other, and that's really nice. That's cool. Yeah, I've started to like, look at things a lot more for what they actually yeah. are. Have and you ever that done was, um, credit card roulette? No, what's that where you just like, you'll put the cards in the middle, yeah, and then the waitress picks one out, and that person okay, pays. that's interesting. Maybe we'll do that next time, yeah, because certain men don't pay. <laughs> like, there's always that one person that will be like, Yeah, yeah, I'll get it, I'll get it, and then everyone else goes quiet. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, try it. Um, so, so you mentioned that you used to send people music. Were you yeah. doing music when you were younger rather than poetry? I was an MC, yeah, what was your MC name? Diablo. <laughs> You know, the first tune I actually vocaled, yeah, was the same beat that Stormzy did shut up on. Oh, really? Rough Squad Havana. Yeah, yeah that was the first beat I ever vocaled. See, what could there were some hard producers when I was growing up, man. A guy mm. called Flukes, Da Vinci. They're still, like, some of them are still around now. Rude Kid. Yeah. Um, Rude Kid's on my area as well. Like, he's a good friend of mine. And growing up listening to these guys, their sounds were so sick. Like, Flukes did a thing called Shrek Rhythm. There was another guy. Uh, what was his name? Mission Rhythm. I think it was Hitman Productions. There were so many sick producers when I was growing up that yeah. were releasing tracks. And um, D-Dark was another one. Um, and that inspired me heavily. Mm. Even though the rapper, a rapper, Grime MC, I don't know what, uh, Crucial Kid. Crucial Kid, K-R-U-C. Remember that I ate, like, he was sick as well. So, and we used to see some of these, like, growing up, like, shooting their videos in the park. Yeah. Do you remember On The Block? Yeah, there's a video called On The Block and they wrapped a guy up in foil and um, <laughs> a lot of this stuff was done in our area so um, it was like that crazy titch ever so I grew up listening to and watching a lot of that yeah oh nice that's cool yeah. and so how did you then start to get more into the poetry side of things was that a slow process or was it yeah. a one day decision no so I was spitting back in the day and then um, I stopped I went to uh, I was growing up and then I went to uni and then it kind of stopped. And then um, when I finished uni, I decided, I never stopped writing, I just stopped performing. I just felt like there was no space for someone like me until I came about and thought, you know what, I'm gonna have to make that space back mm. now. And at that point in my life, I was like 22. Yeah. I was not interested in like grime and I was more interested in poetry. Yeah. And then my love for people like Michael Rosen again came around and, Rudyard Kipling and all these other authors and stuff. Even Tupac, I, I read his book, like um, mm. The Rose That Grew From The Concrete. Okay, all these things came around and it just made me excited to be alive again, creatively, 
And then I just quit my job, 2013. What were you doing? I was actually a marketing assistant okay. in a company called Havas. Yeah. And I quit my job, started a YouTube channel, started doing YouTube videos, then eventually stopped doing YouTube and then the poetry just really came to the front. So I'm happy. Yeah. I can't complain. Yeah, nice. And were you always interested then in like literature and the kind of language-based stuff when you were at school? Ish, like ish. It would be a lie to say I always wanted to be a poet. Mm. And I, w I never knew what I wanted to do. Even still, sometimes today, I still don't think I know what I want to do. I'm quite impulsive. So at that current moment in time, what I'm feeling is what, what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, but I loved English, though. English was definitely my favourite language. Mm. Um, I had some really good English teachers. And yeah, speaking and listening exercises, I thought was sick. Drama as well was another one. Media as well. And all these things like play into each other. Yeah. And every other subject, my brain would just shut off. Wasn't interested. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, that's not unfortunate. It's, you know, it takes you, I guess, to the place where you are now, isn't it? Yeah. Like all of those things happen and now it's yeah, led onto this path. I just wish I knew how to do my taxes and business studies and all of that. Yeah. Like, I so accountants are for that. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yeah, Alex got that budget. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> definitely don't. <laughs> one day, maybe. But yeah, I wish I studied psychology, though. Yeah. That was one I really wish I studied. Mm. Still could like there's like there's so many like books yeah. and courses and stuff just to get a, even a basic understanding. Like, I did it for A level. Yeah. But I wasn't. I, I wouldn't say I wasn't interested in it. I was yeah. interested in it. What else did you do at A levels? Um, that's a very good question. Uh, sociology, mm. psychology, and P. I think P. Yeah. That's a random bunch, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mine was pretty random as well. Yeah. So sociology, IT law and yeah. drama but i didn't what i didn't like was how the courses were set up and the way that they taught you about psychology and sociology it's very similar to history where you just have to try and remember loads of dates and yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not actually basil bernstein and yeah you know, and, and that wasn't the type of thing i was interested in i was more interested in like mindset and all those kind of things which i probably didn't realize at the time yeah but yeah, looking yeah. back now doing what i do i've, I've come to kind of understand yeah yeah that. um so Talking on that, you obviously cover a lot of subjects that like you said that are quite, you know, deep in ways. Mm, mm. Like what, what leads you to kind of write about those things? Good question. Um, life mm. in its simplest form, like life will test you and um, it'll make you feel certain things. And we don't know how to handle every single one of the emotions that we feel. And I have to express myself. Mm. And when I do, I write. Yeah. And then I came to a point where I started putting this work out and my numbers started growing. I realized, okay, I'm sparking a conversation, but I'm not really providing solutions. Mm. And I'd like to be a solution-based person yeah. as a person to be like, oh, look, fire. And everyone's like, <gasps> and then no one does anything about the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I came to a point where I was like, education with entertainment, you'll get engagement. And I can't sit here and be like, oh, I want schools to start teaching mental health. I want this, I want that. Just do it myself. Mm. And then um, I partnered with King's College last year and Samaritans, a mental health charity, and created this one, uh, one and a half hour immersive learning experience. And then we set a Guinness World Record mm. for the world's largest mental health lesson. Amazing. And we educated like 550 young people from 17 schools, depression, anxiety, suicide, all these things that we never knew, we never was taught when we was growing up. Yeah. 
and that was really important to me. Yeah. And that's what I like doing. Uh, what was how was that um, like constructed in terms of on the actual day? Mm. Like what was the makeup of the day in terms of like you know the yeah the lesson? So it was in Hackney Empire. Yeah. Um, the students arrived. My drama was hosting it. She spoke them through what they were about to go through. And that was good for them to see a familiar face mm. and someone as cool as her to come through and talk about this subject because especially for young people when they see someone that they follow, yeah. it really it really like sparks something inside of them. And then um, we had the professor, Dame Till Wax, came on from King's College and led the actual session. Mm. And then as she... Fi and that session was the actual re record attempt. Okay, yeah. So it was 35 minutes. And that's the actual record yeah, in yeah. that 35 minutes. You can't talk, you can't be on your phone. If one person goes to the toilet, that accounts for 10 people in the audience not being there. And it was very, very strict. Like mm -hmm. there was one steward for every 30 people and then an adjudicator looking over the stewards, making sure that like everyone's looking over everyone, making yeah. sure everyone's doing their job. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was very, very intense. Yeah. And then um, we actually did it. We'd done it twice. The first time we failed. Oh, really? Yeah, first time okay. we failed, yeah, and then the second time we did it. And then as the lesson finishes, then I come on and um, I bring out a host of guests from the world of YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all these people that these children will recognise. Yeah. So we had cast members from EastEnders, Jordan Stevens, who was in Rizzle Kicks, Hamza from YouTube, Diary of a Badman, Sinead Harnett. Loads of people came out one by one and spoke on their stories and it was a beautiful thing. And then mm. as that finished the Guinness World Record rep comes back on and tells you if you've been successful or not. Oh, wow. And, and then we was, yeah. it was good. And how did you feel when you found that out? I was like, it was, it was like, it just felt normal. It just felt like, yeah, like we've done something good today, but it doesn't change the fact that I have like 97 other schools in my inbox who wanted to come to this. Yeah. So I was like, this is good, well done, everyone, but like, I'm not going to go home smiling. Mm. I'm going to go home thinking, how can I create this educational program to go everywhere without me being there. Yeah. So what's the solution as a solution-based uh, guy? <laughs> so I was thinking um, to do the events more often. Yeah. To do like a roadshow of them and get people like yourself. Thank you. Me to go around with professionals to talk about these subjects. I'm also looking at buying a double-decker bus. So I think I've not really told somebody. Mm. I want to buy a double-decker bus and turn it into like, not a mental health bus, but like a safe space that can go around to schools every day. Because changing the educational programme is clearly a nightmare because many people have tried before. Yeah. And as well as I'm up for taking up challenges right now, I want to do things right immediately. Like yeah, yeah. immediate gratification in this case is important because young people are really suffering mm. right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So getting something that can go around constantly, yeah. but also without me being there. And without the professor being there, so building a network, building a team of people that can go around and do stuff. Yeah, it's a great idea, actually. I really yeah. like that. Just the, and it's like the library buses that used to go around the schools. Basically, yeah, and yeah. And yeah. It, could, it should have like a therapist on there. Yeah. Because, you know, like the school nurses are so like <clears throat> overwhelmed with how many students they have to look out for. Yeah. Physical injuries plus psychological ones. Mm. So being able to aid that and help them don't really think it's a solution it's, yeah. it's, it does the, it helps a bit yeah yeah do you know and what I'm saying so why do you think then that so many young people are suffering in these ways what do you think the like causes are I think social media plays a huge effect mm. bullying like we are a savage community of people like Chidera said something the other day to me that the internet is full of silly people who have data 
data plans. Yeah, because yeah. like there's a lot of people out here who are just promoting bad things, awkwardness and f- fights. Mm. I was watching something on um something popped up on my YouTube the other day and it was like how to pop a blackhead in sixty seconds and it had like ten million views. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, we consume so much stupidness yeah, yeah. or things that are aren't relevant that I believe. Yeah. Um that we are like confusing our brains. Yeah. And it's making people want to strive for things immediately and we can't get everything immediately. So therefore it makes us unhappy. Yeah. I also think that that's a very good point as well. But I also think that there's there's like a huge shaming culture. Mm. You know, like you, you see things on the internet and it's like, I don't know, like just laughing at kids who have done something in school yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. you know, filming kids in fights <coughs> and or... People are savage, kind of, man. Yeah. yeah and it's, society I think that, is savage and it's, it's very cruel to, yeah. and I think it's very difficult going up into today's day and age because one small thing can change your life forever. Mm. And I think that plays a big, big, big part. Yeah. And not only change your life, but also define you for the yeah, rest of your life. Yeah, it's true. Like if you look at... Um, what was that New Year's Eve thing where that guy and oh, the girl yeah, were like yeah, caught yeah, on, on the stairs? stairs. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's sad. That is like, that guy's life now. Let him, let him, you know what I'm saying? And every New Year's, it gets brought yeah. up. Yeah. It's so deep. Right. It's like, okay, I get it. Ha ha, we all laugh at it once. Let it go. Yeah. Let, let him, like, let him yeah. live. And um, I also think because of like the generational, the generational difference of our parents, or some of our parents not being able to understand the problems of the online world. Yeah. The irony of it is like people like me and you live on the internet. So <laughs> are we to blame? Yeah. I don't know. Hope I don't not. think so. Promoting I, positive vibes. I hope that it? my feeds are constant. Constant feed of positivity. positivity. I was now. watching your feeds today, how to create a podcast and yeah, can, like that one. Yeah, Thank it you. was nice. Yeah. I hope that gets a bit more seen because I've, I've honestly I've had loads of people asking me advice yeah. on that. Do you know what the good so thing about the internet is though, yeah? You can post something and it can resurface years later. Yeah, yeah, it's very Like, true. you know what, honestly, one of my videos resurfaced out of nowhere mm. and like it had 20,000 hits for about two years. Mm. Then all of a sudden it resurfaced and they got 40,000 more. Oh, wow. So you never yeah, know, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that's the good thing about it. Yeah. In that sense, you got the bad thing. If you yeah. put something bad out years ago, yeah. come and bite you. <laughs> yeah, which again, I guess it goes back to that, that <clears throat> pressure, isn't it, on, from society on kids to kind of do this and do that in the right way so that those things don't happen but it's and that's why there's a lot of talk recently about mental health and and the rest of it but but what what experiences have you had dealing with mental mm. health issues i say I, like i've been depressed <clears throat> like i've definitely like met depression a few times in my life when my mum when my mum passed away that that was not easy yeah, still course, not easy and like, what's funny is like, people will say, yeah, like if you need someone to speak to, we're here for you and all of these things. But when you experience like a love lost like that, mm. it's hard. And um, yeah, that was like, that's like the main contributing factor to my mental health, I believe. Yeah. Along with like life's normal bullshit. Yeah. Like that's like the main one that really rocked my boat mm. and taught me lessons that I didn't know how to grow up fast. Mm grew up quick and that was fairly recent wasn't it yeah it was seven months ago yeah <gasps> time yeah. legitly flies yeah and how close were you then with your mum was it it was so tight yeah honestly we were like best mates mm. honestly it was so nuts we were very 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 close to the point we speak on the phone like five six times a day wow yeah honestly we speak we mm. speak all the time which is why in the sense i was quite happy when she passed away mm. uh, mainly because 
my mum's mum died when she was young. Yeah. So my mum always used to say to us, if I was to die, you cry and get over it the same way I did. Yeah. Okay. So when my mum passed away, I was like, rah, I'm now learning what she always used to chat yeah, about. She almost prepared you for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, she did. She definitely prepared us for it. So um, I'm happy I was able to have all the conversations I needed to have had with her mm. by the time she left. Because yeah. we used to speak so much, there was nothing we didn't speak about. Yeah, that's good. And so you don't feel like there's, you know, well, there was, it is a massive gap, but you're, mm. what you're saying is you've kind of had such a good relationship that it was as best as it could be. Yeah. There's almost like no regrets in a... In a yeah, yeah, no, there's, de- sense, there's def- de- yeah, definitely no regrets. Um, Megan Roxanne says a line when she, she, I asked her to be at my show, the last show I did, and she said a line of, um, people only die when you stop talking about them. Yeah. And that, that really hit home for me. Yeah. And yeah, that's like, I'm happy being a writer and I'm happy being mm. an, like an artist um, to be, I, I'm, my job is to express myself mm. and I'm lucky I get to do that. Because if I didn't have that, then I'd have a very big problem. Yeah. And so I guess a lot of what, you know, you're saying, you're quoting Megan there, a lot of what you're starting to do now around your recent projects and sort of openly, not not just openly talking about, Mm. you know, your mother's passing, but performing things. And Mm. there was a video that I saw, which went, I guess, kind of viral in inverted commas of you like it was like a minute long video like a letter to my mum kind of thing yeah yeah just yeah, you yeah, to yeah. your phone onto instagram oh yeah yeah like, yeah yeah how, in my kitchen yeah how is that for you like obviously you're putting that out there as content to kind of tell your story yeah but how is it when it starts to get shared so widely and get such an like an amazing response you know what yeah it is it's like i'm very lucky that I've got good friends around me. Yeah. yeah. Because I've got good people around me, I'm lucky like that my closest friends in life are not even on social media. Mm. So that's a bonus for yeah. me. But then A, I feel like I'm fortunate enough to like chill with people. If I say I'm about to start crying, mm. they'll be like, all right, come on then. And they'll like, bro, do you know how sick that is? Yeah. Like to have people who will let you cry with them. Like, yeah. we don't all sit there and cry together. They'll let me have my moment and they'll be like, okay, you done? Yeah. Let's get on with it now. Yeah, let's talk. So um, the yeah. fact that I have that like comfortable safety net around me, it means I feel like I have a responsibility to share what I've learned from that experience to the wider world. Yeah. Coming onto platforms like Instagram and Twitter where people aren't really true and honest, I'm like, yo, I'm about to come and be as raw as I possibly could be. Mm. This is me in my mum's kitchen on a Friday night, lonely as hell, writing poems. Mm. And this helps me. Yeah. If it helps any one of you, brilliant. If not, I don't care. Like, as long as it does one person, I'm fine. And yeah, that video got like half a million views. And I was, yeah. I've never had a video like that. It legit, I just filmed it on my iPhone, yeah. put some yeah. subtitles on it on some dead yeah. app. Yeah. And like, it just, it just went, man, the inboxes I was getting and everything, I, I was just like, well, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I was very, very happy. I was quite proud of myself. Like that for me was a bigger achievement than setting a world record. Yeah, I bet. Mm. Because it was like a big... So personal. Yeah, yeah. it's a big chunk of my soul. Mm. And how is it like... So when you're, you know, writing your poetry, are you using it as a a tool for like self-expression and almost like self-therapy in a way? Yeah, therapy, expression, escapism, healing... Um, a responsibility I feel like it's, I, I, I have to do it for myself if I don't write for like a set period of time yeah, I'll, mm. I'll go nuts man mm. like I understand 
what it is that triggers me before I go into an episode. And even my friends around me, like, they will know if I'm proper feeling down and that. And they'll say to me, have you gone to the graveyard? Mm. Have you wrote today? And I'm like, no, you know what, Mohammed, you're right. I haven't wrote. Or I'm like, George Donner, you know what? Give me a beat. Mm. And, like, and then it, it gives me that space for me to just sit there and write. And, um, yeah, it does help me. It helps so much. Yeah. You got a project coming out. Album um, out? No, I'm joking. Album out, <laughs> out, EP out, tour yeah. out. No, you've got a project coming out, which is uh, four tracks. Yeah, four um, tracks. And then pretty much all dedicated to Mama. To Mama. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's a project I've put together. I didn't even plan it, Alex. Yeah. Like, it just came one night and it just kept coming until it stopped coming. Four tracks called Homemade. First one's Homemade. Then you've got The White Rose. Mama's Kitchen and I Won't Forget. Mm -hmm. And I'm very happy to say it is the best body of work I have ever put together. Yeah, I can't wait to share it with the world. It starts very angry. It gets very depressing. It gets very empowering. And then it leaves very calm and soothing. Mm. And is that a reflection? Of my journey. Yeah. yeah. I hate the word journey. It sounds like no. X Factor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a reflection of my life over the past six months. Yeah. On grief, how I dealt with it, how I'm dealing with it. And um, also borderline touches on the emotional burden I became on the people closest to me. Yeah. And that's something I'm aware of. Mm. Like the people around me have their own lives. But yet here's me. I'm, I'm upset. I'm sad. My mum died. What are you doing? I'm coming around. And then when after a month or two, people have to, well, not even a month or two, after two, three weeks, people have to adjust back to their lives. Yeah. And that's something I've become more aware of. Yeah. And on the day today, what are the kind of emotions that you go through? Good question. Banging question. Um, day to day, I wake up. Most times I'm, I'm very... So I start my day at night. Mm. So if I get to go to sleep before midnight, I wake up very happy. Mm. I love sleep. I'm not a nightclub person. I don't go to no bars. You'll never find me anywhere where like, I'm not really meant to be yeah. as a person. Yeah. And um, I wake up, I eat porridge. I'm happy. Clean the house, open the garden, listen to the birds, play with my neighbor's cat. I'm happy in the morning, lunchtime, calm. Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty chilled most of the day. I've like learned to love my house a lot more, so I'm at home a mm. lot. And um, I work from home. I leave my house if I have to, but day-to-day -day emotions. And then nighttime, that's when it gets real interesting. Yeah. Because the phone, my phone isn't as buzzing or the emails have slowed down. And I think that's, that's when it, things, the reality of life really starts to hit me at night. And now I know what I need to do to combat them things. Like I went therapy behavioral therapy to understand my behavior patterns and how I um, can avoid myself falling into dark holes. By night, between I'd say like 9 till 11 p.m., tricky times. Mm. I've started to watch Broadchurch though. Do you watch Broadchurch? No, I don't. It's banging. Yeah. Yeah, I never watch these type yeah. of, I'm, I don't watch TV. I don't really watch it, but I started watching Broadchurch and I really like it. So yeah. it's a little moment out from everything where I'm not writing, I'm not talking to no one, I'm not relying on anyone. I'm just me and myself and I'm just having a good time watching the TV. Yeah. Making a cup of tea. Yeah. And he, I guess you're still kind of in the process then of learning to appreciate your own space mm, 100% after everything that's happened yeah 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 I've got a long way to go yeah. like, I'm happy to and open to admit that yeah. and I feel like that's why I'm probably so honest about stuff on online these days as well because there's no point in lying who are you lying to I'm lying mm. to myself otherwise so I'm very open and honest with the world I got in front of me but it's a, it's a fun thing isn't it yeah who knows like will anybody is ever is anybody ever truly at peace 
Yeah. I don't know. But there's only one way to really find out. I can just drive towards it. And if I hit it, happy days. If not, it's been jokes. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's the big picture look like then? Like from, from the music point of view? Mm, the big picture, big yeah. Big picture, yeah. Is to become the world's first poetic rock star. Okay. I'm going to become a poetic rock star selling out arenas and stadiums with my poetry. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do Madison Square Garden. I'm going to do the O2. Yeah. I'm going to do everything I want to do in my head. And I want to be able to connect with people, create a safe place for people to cry, laugh, heal, love, learn together. Mm. And um, that's like music-wise, my dreams. So what point then did you mm. decide, you're obviously doing your poetry, yeah. you obviously had a massive music passion from young. So when did you then decide to start to merge those two worlds together? Maybe I think one time I was chilling in my car, um, I might, I might have been with you. I might have been with Georgia. I might. Have, I can't remember who I was with, and someone put a beat on. Mm. And it wasn't like a, wasn't like a rap beat. Yeah, yeah. It was like saxophone. It was strings. It was jazzy ish. Yeah. And then I started listening to movie scores, and then um, I started listening to all these different types of like musical landscapes, and then I found myself writing to them, writing to a lot of Hans Zimmer and James Horner yeah, yeah. and Ludovic, Ludovico and Uwaldi. You know, Shout out, mate. Yeah, yeah he's sick. Yeah, like I started <laughs> writing to all of these like composers and movie producers, uh, movie composers and that. And then I just found myself thinking, I was writing the words to the pace of the music. And from there I discovered like, oh, I actually like this. Mm. I really, really like this. This really makes me happy. And I can honestly sometimes sit there and write for 10 minutes or I could sit there and write for four or five hours. I just love it. Yeah. And I've shot like five, six videos that I've never released. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. what. Will I they mean. ever be released? Maybe, one day. One day, you never know. We shot yeah. one video in a place called Camelot, an abandoned theme park in Manchester. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, one in a submarine. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, some yeah. proper... Ma one in a castle. Like, I went wow. in. I trust you, I went in, but I just never released them. Why? I don't know. Don't know. I got one video, it's sick. It's all in animation. Mm. It took months to make. It's just chilling on the hard drive. Time will come. <laughs> the time will come when it's meant to happen and come out. But until yeah. then, it's, it's going to yeah. gather dust. So then how, how from there, from that point, sitting in that car, coming up with the, not the idea, but, you know, just, just doing it off, off the top of the head, I guess. How did the record deal then materialise? What was the journey between yeah, that's, the two? It's a, it's a funny story, yeah. So um, I had a meeting with someone from a record label, someone from Virgin. And the meeting was in a coffee shop. Wait, let's take this, let's take this back. Yeah. I'm gonna take this back. I did an event. Yeah. An event I was actually late for, and Mogul woke me up. That's my friend. Mm. He woke me up and was like, yo, you're gonna be late. I was like, shit, I've never slept in. Mm. So I went to this event, spoke at the event, and it was great. As I was leaving, this woman goes, yo, you should meet my brother. He works for a record label. I was like, safe. I went and met her brother a few weeks later in a coffee shop. He was just like, yeah, yeah, I think you're sick, blah, blah. And I was like, cool. And then we was parting ways. And I go, you know what? Can I come inside and see what the record label looks like? Mm. And he was like, yeah, yeah, come. I'll show you. As I'm inside the record label now, I bump into the president. And the president's like to me, oh, you're really funny. Like, I've seen you about, like, I think you're really funny. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, who are you type of thing? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, come sit down. And we sat down and I was just like, well, I'm in the president of Virgin's office. Like, yeah. how have I come to this? And then um, we just started talking and then from there we hit it off. Mm. And, that, and that was it. Was I've been it. with the 
the label for like two and a half years. Wow. Developing. Yeah. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, it's been that's, a long time. Yeah, that's amazing though. It is good. So is this, is this forthcoming project going to be... It's actually my second project. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My first one I put out was a f- called Am I Going Too Deep? Came out last year and that was produced all by Mogul, uh, Mogul Music. And then uh, this one, I've been working with a bunch of different people. Mm. And now I, can't, I actually just want to get this out and done with because the next thing I've got coming after this is so sick. Yeah. Yeah, I've worked with someone very, very successful and he reached out to me and I was like, wow. And I'm, I'm just, like, you can yeah. tell by the smile on my face yeah. how happy I am. Is it Calvin Harris? <laughs> no, no, no. But it's along them lines. Oh, really? It's oh, along okay. them lines, yeah. I'd be mad. Though. But I'm not going to make that some drum and bass party tune. No, like, course, don't, don't think I'm going to do that. It's not that. But, um, yeah, like, good things are happening, man. And yeah. I've just been focused and kept a clean heart, yeah. I'd like to think. So how, imp- how important is it for you? Because I, I find that the, the more I started doing this kind of stuff, and following the kind of things that I've always kind of been interested in within my own head, but not necessarily outwardly. More things mm. start to come in my yeah, direction yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of this sense. So how important is it to you to just be true to yourself? One Hana. <laughs> you have to keep it yeah. 100 with yourself, yeah? Because you know what? That juxtapositions of emotions, yeah? The juxtaposition of emotions has to be kept right. What you're accepting and what you're giving has to be balanced. Mm. If it ain't balanced, one outweighs the other and you can start becoming a little bit tormentful to, your, to yourself. Yeah, yeah. So um, same way, if, like, if you were to be like, saying you're really good at what you do, I would say thank you. I really like your trainers or like I really like you as a person. So mm. it's a mutual thing and I'm not just taking all the time. Yeah. Because that can mess someone up, man. Like yeah. you're just taking compliments every day. I don't give out compliments as well. Like... And I don't just give it because someone gives me one. But I just think you just got to keep your emotions balanced. Yeah. And that's being true to yourself. And being kind to yourself is what I'm basically referring to. Like allowing yourself because I th- you can easily get lost out here, you know. Mm. Trust me, I've done, I've done some shows with some really big people. I've been in some really big environments. And like, it doesn't actually hit me until I'm sitting here talking to you. Yeah. Like I've done world leaders and presidents and former presidents and royalty and mm. all of these things. And I'm just like, Wow, Alex, I can't actually believe it. Yeah. Like, I legitly, I can't believe it. But that's because I've kind of conditioned myself to be balanced yeah. at all times. So, what's the most nervous you've ever been going into performance? I'm pretty nervous now. Really? Yeah. I get nervous a lot, you really? know. Yeah. I did, a, I did an event on Sunday for 20 people. Like, yeah. I took 20 supporters out to lunch. Yeah. I took them Nando's. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you want some cowpo? Yeah, um, getting a bit dry. Uh, yeah, I took some supporters out to lunch, and that made me very nervous. Whenever I have a human interaction with somebody who's familiar with my work, yeah, or um, is aware of what I'm doing, or if I'm about to go on stage, it makes me nervous. Why? I don't know, man. I just feel like I actually don't know. Maybe because this person knows a lot more of me than I know of them. Mm. That kind of scares me sometimes. And I, I can shy away, like, and um, it's weird. Like, I'm a very loud, shy person, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, like, um, so I get, I get nervous a lot, 100%. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah? Seriously. I really do. Even my <laughs> nephew, I've got videos of my nephew saved on my phone with him wishing me good luck. Hey, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. He's like, good luck. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. yeah, thanks. So what do you do then to, like, help calm, calm this Well, nerves? this is something me and my friends have been working on mm. 
been listening to a certain type of music to get me gassed. Yeah. Breathing exercises. I've realised I did an event the other day in Central and I was I sat there I sat down before and did some breathing exercises just before I went on and I was relaxed. Mm. Reminding myself as I'm breathing, I'm meant to do this. You are meant to be here. So um yeah, little techniques yeah. that I've learned. Have you got a series then of like um like a routine of mm. things that you like to do either daily um, just yeah. like me, I like to do, I read affirmations to myself. I like to meditate once yeah. a day, definitely twice if I can, um, go to the gym, etc. Just because yeah. all the kind of energies that it releases within me helps me feel more like at ease. Mm. Do you have a yeah. series of things that you like to do? I'm in the park every day. Yeah. I go to my local park every day. I do the same walk every day. Sometimes I treat myself and go to opposite way of what I'd normally walk. Mm. Um, I go spinning, I go spin class, which is sick. Friends of all the, all the women and the mums and the kids in the spin class. Um, see my family, see my nephew. But routine-wise, it's probably spinning, walking, and sometimes football. Mm, okay. Football on a Sunday with yeah. my friends, running around screaming at each other yeah. and that. Getting all sweaty, chatting shit to each other is, yeah. is always fun. So... Them three, like the main things that I would say I, that I do keep me sane. Yeah. And if you could then offer some advice to someone who's maybe feeling low or they're having some mental health issues that they're trying to deal with or they've lost a family member or, you know, they're struggling mm. to keep up with their schoolwork or they've got anxiety. Um, Obviously, they're all very different cases. In it, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. In it. But well, like, what, what advice would you, would you give someone who's right. kind of struggling in, in any sense? All right, so if you're anything like me, yeah, and getting out of bed is the hardest thing, mm. just understand, yeah, the distance between you and the floor is not that big. Mm. So if you can make that step out of the bed, you've done the hardest challenge of the day. Yeah. That's like the first thing. That distance is not big at all. So if you can do that, you can do anything else. Yeah. Like definitely. If you can get yourself out of a state of sleep, you can do whatever else you want to do. With regards to losing a family member, it's difficult because I think everyone's case is so bespoke and individual to them. Yeah. Like I can't say, be there with the rest of your family. You might not have no other family. Mm. So um, I think it's important to be there for yourself and un be kind to yourself. So for me, being kind to myself means I'm going to do things I want to do the way I want to do them. Yeah. And if you don't like that, that's something that's nothing to do with me. I'm going to carry on doing this because this makes me happy. And you have to realise when you lose someone that you're so close to, they would want you to be happy. Mm. Like as sad as it is, I believe we will, we will be reunited one day. But until that day comes, they're not going to want to see you again and be like, bruv, for 25 years, you was depressed. I didn't teach you that. Mm. I wanted you to live. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So my advice would be, be kind to yourself. Grieve, cry, scream, shout. Do everything. Don't fight what you're feeling. Go mm. through the motions. Yeah. Let it out. Let it all out to the point you're empty and then restock. Yeah. It's, I, again, I guess it comes down to the thing of like being true to yourself and the acceptance mm. of what you're feeling and yeah. how you're feeling. And 100%. I think the hardest part for a lot of people, and I've definitely been through this, is that acceptance of the feelings you're having or the thoughts you're having. Mm. And you're trying to fight against it because you don't want to be having them. But yeah, the second yeah, you yeah. learn to just take them for what they are, you can yeah. kind of 
bring it down a yeah, level yeah, and you, yeah. you can get to yeah. the ultimate feeling of zen. zen. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. It's, it's, it's true. Like, you have to, you have to just be easy with yourself. Like, mm. one of my good friends always says to me, chill. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like, chill, Hussein. You need to just chill. And I'm like, I don't know how to. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Like, that's not part of me. Is that, that because you because it's not part of your character or because you work so hard at what you want to achieve? I think it's because I work so hard at what mm. I want to do. It's now become my character to not just sit there and do nothing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Sick. And then flipping the advice thing on its head, what's the best bit of advice anyone's ever given you? Good question, yeah. Was... What was it? I forgot. All right, so... I was in Malibu. Yeah. In a beach house. Okay. Yeah. I like where this is going already. With the CMO of the Grammys. Okay. Yeah, the chief marketing officer of the Grammys. Yeah. And we was eating breakfast together and he goes to me, become really good at what you do, Hussein, and then become impossible to miss. Mm. Yeah. And I was just, I was like, yeah, I needed to hear that. Yeah. The setting we was in and everything that was going on around, I was like, I'm about to catch a flight from LAX and go back to Ilford. But hearing that, yeah, mm. makes sense. Yeah, if there's no space for you, make the space for you. Yeah, 100%. I think you're doing that. I think you're getting there. Do you think? Bit. Yeah, definitely. No, thanks. I think, you know. I, I'd like to think I am, man. You are. But you it's are. very difficult. I don't, like, I say, like, my friends say to me all the time, and I feel like I've referenced my friends a lot, yeah, because um, I believe they conditioned me in a sense, to not see myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, un I can understand who I am, but I can never see it. Mm. So, so, certain people come up to me, like, Westfield or whatever, and be like, oh, you're sick and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, safe, like, what are you up to? And I talk to everyone like they're my friend. I just don't see, I don't feel like there's any sort of, like, specialness because I've got a blue tick on Instagram. That don't mean nothing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? We all go in the same graves. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? We all go in the same box. Yeah. Like, we're all the same. That's, that's the only difference. Yeah. There's no difference. And I think a big part of like my, I wouldn't say success, but a big part of like the highlights of my life have come because of the people around me pushing me to not focus on the things that don't matter. Yeah. Like imagine I can't even talk negative things to some of my friends. They don't want to hear it. Really? They're not going to hear it. Yeah. They could chat about it once and that's it. Really? Yeah. And is that, why is that? They don't want to entertain dark thoughts or yeah. like negative vibes or, ba or yeah. bad people. Or they're just like, okay, we've discussed this. The outcome isn't going to change. Mm. So why are we discussing it again? Mm. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, we move on. Right. But that, we learn from each other. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I always get everything wrong. I'm sure there's things I teach them. I'd like yeah. to think. <laughs> and how spiritual would you say you are? Spiritually inclined. Yeah, must be like I have a beautiful relationship with God. Mm. If that answers the question. Um, yeah. I'm very in touch with my inner being. I've, I know who I am. I know what I want. Mm. I know what happens if I don't get it. I know how high I've built the walls around me. So, so if somebody wants to come and try and infiltrate me or my mind or derail me, you're probably just going to drain yourself as opposed to draining me. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, very, I'm a very spiritual person. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's good. I, I'm starting to get there with, not, I wouldn't say, I'd say I'm spiritual rather than religious. Yeah. 
Like, I don't necessarily believe in God or a God. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. believe in the energies within the universe yeah, yeah, yeah. that that manifest themselves to, like we were saying earlier, about, you know, the mm. more I, I, I'm finding that I'm being this version of me, the more mm. stuff's coming to me yeah, in, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. in this form. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's powers that, that lie beyond our control. understanding and control. Yeah, it's true. I'm with you, 100%. Mm. There's a lot of beautiful things that happen in this world. You just have to be open to seeing what beauty is. Mm. And then the rest does itself, I think. Yeah. And what changes would you, do you think then we would need to see in this world? Or you would like to see in this world? Um, there was a song in primary school, yeah? I used to sing. It was like, I'm going to paint a perfect picture. A world of make-believe. Yeah. No more hunger, war or suffering. The world I'd like to see. <laughs> yeah. That. Okay. That song stuck in my head. Yeah. I never got a singing sticker though. Yeah. You know, did yeah, you? Did I you can had... see why though. Oh, you're a hater. <laughs> you're mad. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, that, that, like, I just, come on, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, why are we in certain, why are certain countries in certain positions that they're in because of greed and evil and <sighs> yeah. long? Yeah, it's, it's fully mad, isn't it? Yeah. Tell me about your projects you've got coming up. You've got a live show coming up. It's your plug moment, basically. All right. Headlining Jazz Cafe. Yeah. So I did my first ever show in London last year. Yeah. For 100, 100 people, and that sold out. Then I did another one, and that sold out. Touch wood, wherever it is, wood, the floor. Mm -hmm. Then I did a, a venue called Omira for 350 people, yeah. and that sold out. Now I'm doing Jazz Cafe. 550 people mm. and I hope <laughs> I hope it sells out yeah. I hope it, I hope the show's a success I believe it will be full band me with backing vocalists at my best um, one thing I'm quite happy about is that my supporters have been riding with me on the journey we've mm. only ever released one official video yeah playground and um, I've never really and that one video like along with me as a personality, really sold my last shows, I believe. Yeah. Whereas this now moving forward is more like a musical direction. Mm. So I'm playing at Latitude, I'm doing Vixen Academy for Global Citizen. Um, and yeah, Homemade is coming up mid-April. I can't wait. I can't believe I'm actually sitting there talking yeah. about this. It's been, it's been coming for wow. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. If I, hold on, if I get my dates right in my head, it should be out as people are listening to this. Yeah, so go on, go on YouTube, yeah. Hussein's, youtube.com forward slash Hussein's house. It sounds like <laughs> Westwood, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, it's on Hussein's house. And yeah. Yeah. So we'll send me all the links and stuff will, and I'll link it all up in the description do. so people can go and check it out. What's happening for you? For me? Oh, this is man. the real question everyone wants to know. Stay tuned, man. Stay, stay tuned to the journey. Yeah, stay tuned. Now, I'm working on some, some cool projects, which um, they're not finished yet, so it's, it's hard to kind of talk about them. I'm yeah. working on a, a video project, um, a series of short um, videos, just allowing people to kind of get more of an understanding of me and the things yeah. that go on in my head. I think you'll be a really good dad, you know. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I think so. Do you plan to have children? Yeah, at some point. I think you'll be a yeah. really good dad. At some point, definitely. I hope we become like good friends. Yeah. And I get to see that happen. Yeah. That would be really inspiring. Thank you. I appreciate it. No one's ever said that. Really? Like, no, yeah. I can see it. I think Not so. officially, anyway. Is it the Zen? It's the Zen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, think <laughs> so. I think so. You yeah. got a good vibe, man. Oh, I appreciate that. 
Are you in a relationship? I'm not, no. Oh, man. Yeah. You know so what? So kids are a long way off. <laughs> no, no, but you know what? It's not meant to be right now. No, you're, not, you're focused on other not, exactly, things. Exactly, 100%. You're focused on other things and everything will fall together when it's meant to. Yeah. Sorry, that was a really personal yeah. question. No, nah, that's cool. I don't mind. You flipped the interview onto me, though. I like that. It's important, though. You're an yeah. important part of this. Yeah. Isn't it? What's dreamer's disease without the cure? Exactly. Isn't it? All right, I got one for you. Go on. So this is a new question that I've tested once. So you're the second person I've tested it on. I'm happy to be a guinea pig. What would be your interpretation of the dreamer's disease? My interpretation of the dreamer's disease is dreaming beyond your imagination to a point where it can consume you. Mm. And um, that consumption can lead to toxicness or it could lead to greatness. And that in itself for the dreamer is a choice. So if you dare to dream, be bold enough to make the decision of which road you go on. I mean, if we could drop the mics, we'd drop the mics right there. <laughs> I was really happy that with that. Was, aye, that was, that, was, not, that, was, the that one. was better than my description. What was your description? My, so my description is I've got two. So obviously Dreams Disease, Stormzy's EP before yeah, his album. Yeah, yeah. So his flip on it is very similar. It's living the life that you've dreamt about and being addicted to that feeling of mm -hmm. achieving everything you want to achieve. My flip on it is... It's the disease of dreaming that causes us to live unhappy lives because we're not putting things into action to yeah, chase yeah. the dreams. That's too, a beautiful way to look at it. Too satisfied and comfortable Same. dreaming about them rather than trying to make them happen. Yeah. So that's, yeah, pretty much what you said. But You should start articulate. every podcast like that. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, George agrees. Nick agrees. Have a leadership board with who yeah. gives the best answer. Yeah. I think I'm sitting at the top right now. Well, yeah, I think so. Because I think it's either the first or... I don't think the first one got recorded properly. And it was... It Who was, was it? Um, do you follow the Instagram account, Notes to Strangers? Nah. Sick. Follow it. It's amazing. Okay, I will. So it's a guy called Andy Leake who goes around and he puts positive uh, posters up around Jeez. cities in the UK. Man like Andy. And he waits for people to discover them, take photos of them, and then he shares their photos on his account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's, okay, I'll check um, it out. So he, he kind of came up with it himself because obviously the t-shirts he was I was thinking what the dreams disease is yeah. and he just went on to explain it which was cool got a question for you what's one dream you haven't been able to fulfill oh man uh that's a very good question actually one dream professional footballer really <laughs> every, who would you every, have played for arsenal every kid as yeah. a youngster wanted to be a professional footballer but didn't have the talent really yeah that's that's an obvious one not that's as deep as what you thought was coming, right? No, no. Sometimes <laughs> that's the best yeah. ones, man. What about you? Um, a dream I've never been able to achieve. Getting a six-pack. <laughs> can't do it. Can. Can work it. I actually can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it, though. Now yeah. I've said I can't, I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to do it. Okay. You're going to have to. For the, for the, the Jazz Cafe show. So when you finish the show, you can rip your t-shirt off. And watch everyone run out of the room. And <laughs> <I'm> flex. <laughs> Got a couple more questions for you. Go on. If you could roll back time. Yeah. And speak to a younger version of yourself. Say the 22, 23 year old. Just saying, who's just come out of uni. Um, and give yourself three bits of advice. Or things to start doing from that moment. What would you say? Fuck up more. Apologise less. Do it again. Nice. And one thing to stop doing. Being shook. Mm. Being scared. When you're young, yeah, you can mess up because it's cute. Mm. 
Do you know what I mean? However, when you get older, that, that ain't cute. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you're younger, I felt like I should have, I should have taken a bit, I should have taken more risks. Yeah. Should have been that risk taker. I said I was on my CV. (laughs) 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 That bold, confident risk taker who hasn't taken any risks in his life. Yeah. Besides writing it on Microsoft Word. Yeah. That's, mate, that risk has taken you this far. It's taken you this far. You put, you risk putting your, your emotions and feelings. My heart on the in, line. Yeah, no, it's literally <laughs> like into the world for people to yeah. make their own judgments, you know? It's that's, an, I that's, get some really lovely list. messages. Yeah, I bet. Very, very lovely messages, man. Some good people out there. Yeah. Nice. And, and finally, go on. What would be your ultimate happiness goal? Being able to have a family, mm. make my own family. I'd mm. love to make a family. Not like, <laughs> I'm saying it like it's a Build-A-Bear workshop. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make a family in Sims. Now I want to be able to create a family yeah. and sustain it. Nice. That's, that is like the overarching goal of all of this. Mm. Everything else is just here today and gone tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like that was some Jay-Z pancake. Yeah, okay. Nice. And that's beautiful. I feel, I feel, like, you're looking, I feel like you're looking deeply into my soul. I am. We're trying to, I'm trying to picture uh, that family for you yeah trying to bring it to not to reality right now but planning that's what i'd like to do one day mm, that's nice when the time's right yeah of course always everything's time but if not um i'd like to start an orphanage yeah yeah i nice. really want to do that that's that'd be incredible yeah there's certain things i want to do there's a lot of things i do i never talk about mm. and the charity side of that is a big side of that yeah because my mum always told me not to talk about it so i don't yeah because you're not doing it for yourself you're doing it for exactly them. Yeah, there's other dreams. Mm. I was gonna say that I've been diseased with. <laughs> that that was dead. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Nice. But thank you very much. For no man, me. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. Thanks for the time. Good. It was very intense. Yeah. I'm nervous now. Can you tell? Yeah, a little bit. You're getting a bit fidgety. Yeah. I want to go. Yeah. Claim with your hair. <laughs> Get out of here while you can. I didn't brush my hair today. No. No, because right, this is. I wanted it to be real. Mm, nice. I wanted it to be as real as it could be. Or was I just being lazy? Then just show you want to look at it. No, it's just, I was just being lazy. Yeah. No, thanks a lot though. No, thank you, man. And I'm excited look, to see you become a dad. Thank you. <laughs> Likewise. And then I look forward to, I'm looking forward to the show. I'm looking forward to the EP. June 20th. I'm looking forward to all of it. I'm watching yeah. where, you, where you go from now to... Inshallah. So there we have it, guys. That's Hussein's story. An amazing character, as I'm sure you'll agree. You know, he's done so much great work and the work he's doing around mental health and the refugee crisis is just, you know, it's amazingly inspirational. So it's great to hear that, you know, he's really found himself and he's really finding his way and and, and achieving such great success, but putting out such positivity in the world as well. So as ever, thank you for listening. If you want to hit me up or connect with me on social media, you can find me at IamAlexManzi on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to ask me any questions, suggest any guests, love to hear those things i love to have your thoughts and input into the podcast as you know what you guys think is is very valuable to me but right now what we need to do is go out there and start chasing your dreams this podcast is produced by unedited